Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Matt at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. Now you're not working with some big dealership. They're not selling volume. It's not impersonal. What you are getting is an intimate buying experience because you know what? Everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. And you don't just have to get a luxury car they specialize in luxury cars but they have great foreign cars on their lot great domestic cars on their lot the point is the way they treat you whatever you want to buy you know what else they do for you they have great finance options as well and they service all makes and models they are one-stop shopping it's a great place to go rocky mountain eurosport in denver and in parker go for a test drive today or find them at rmurosport.com time now for the lead the lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. I don't know if you said it at the top of the show because we're going to talk about Hackett again and how surprised are you was the he the hire, but you said to me you were surprised it came so soon because to me uh, this is as long as I can remember anybody being hired as the first coach out of the gate. Well, I wasn't referring to the time from Vic Fangio being fired until the date. I I was referring to the fact that it did get accelerated after the Jaguars kind of pounced and wanted to have him in for a second interview. Because I did think the Broncos would try to have a second interview with Dan Quinn before they made a decision. I believe they wanted one. But they couldn't. Their hand was forced. Right. Which... If that's going to be your guy, then you better find a way to make an offer. Right. Because... And, I, and I'm and i not sure, and, and as we're seeing with the Jaguars, I'm not sure they would have hired Nathaniel Hackett. Why? Um, I think they really want Byron Leftwich. And things with... Who's Lef- they? The Jaguars. Who's No, no. Give me the person, because the Jaguars is an organization. And the reason why I say that is... I'm talking about Shahid Khan, the owner. That's he fine. Byron Leftwich, and Byron Leftwich does not want to work with Trent Baalke, the general manager. Right. Which is why there's been a lot of swirling speculation about Adrian uh, Wilson about Adrian Wilson replacing Trent Baalke as GM. Now, I mean, Leftwich would not be the only coaching candidate to balk, pardon the pun, at working with Trent Baalke. Come on, Danny. Seriously? Get on it. You said you're always next to that rim shot. Apparently, you weren't telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. Dan Quinn didn't even interview with the Jaguars. He didn't want to. Right. He didn't want to work with Trent Baalke. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to work with Trent Baalke. And one who actually has worked with Trent Baalke is somebody who did interview with the Jaguars earlier this week, as it turned out, Vic Fangio. Right. He worked with him in San Francisco. Right. Um, I'm guessing Khan probably did, did not want to let go of Baalke. He made a commitment to him. Mm-hmm. But if Hackett said, I'm willing to work with him, I think Hackett probably would have been the guy. Yeah. 
But if Hackett, Hackett, if Hackett was offered the job and yeah. he has a chance, remember, yeah. to work with Trevor Lawrence, why wouldn't he want that opportunity? He's and he yeah. know and he knows the area. He used to coach there. He knows the area. He used to coach there. But uh, one thing that he that he probably hope was hoping to have is harmony with whoever is the general manager. Like one of the things I think is really what if Hackett said I like Bulky. I I would be surprised if he did. Well, I don't. Why would you be surprised? Do, do, I, do you know things I don't know about their relationship? Balky's. I I don't know about their specific relationship. Just know that the general opinion of Trent Balky around the NFL is negative. Well, you know what? The general relate the, the general feeling about Doug Marone, who is essentially uh, Hackett's mentor, is not very good either. And he worked with him twice. That's fair, but that, I'm just telling I'm just telling you that there's a great deal of speculation. In the co or, or, or skepticism, pardon sure. me, in the coaching committee, a community about working with Trent Balky, and right. I could and I could see that maybe it wasn't Hackett's first choice. Well, it probably wasn't. I think yeah. I think the Broncos were Quinn's first choice, and I'm guessing Hackett was or the Broncos were probably Hackett's first choice, but I don't know that for sure. Remember, at the end of the day, it's about the quarterback, and the Broncos don't have one. But he may have a chance to select the quarterback and that's and I think is a key thing whether it's plan A or plan B there's a very good chance he's going to be able to choose who he wants you're talking about Hackett right yes you realize what you just said right so you're saying you'd rather choose somebody else over Trevor Lawrence perhaps no you wouldn't come on but he maybe wants Aaron Rodgers okay Aaron Rodgers for three years or Trevor Lawrence for the next 10 to 15 I'm taking Trevor Lawrence Knowing I'm gonna have a four that, to five year deal. I'll tell but here's come the on, but here's come on. well here's the thing though. Generational Let's say, quarterback. Yeah, but here's the deal. You have Aaron Rodgers, you know he's playing in MVP level. Yeah. And he and you have helped him have the two two of the most efficient seasons he's had. You get if it works out, and that's maybe in his mind, mm-hmm. the plan A. Plan A A stands for Aaron at this point. And you get him for, let's say, three years. Let's say he you get him for three years, and then he decides, okay, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. That, bought, that If those three years are as successful as you believe they can be, right? that probably buys you another two or three years beyond that. Are you a bird in the like, hand or two in the bush guy? I'm generally a bird in the hand person. You know, you know what the bird in the hand is? Trevor Lawrence. No, right. the two in the bushes. You have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to come to Denver. Well, but at the same time, if part of the equation is you get to work with someone who is excellent at acquiring personnel or appears to be that way in George Payton, yep. and someone that you feel you can get along with better than perhaps Trent Baalke. and maybe you look at and, and maybe you look at that part of it as well. Okay, the t- two in the bush is the Broncos, but also George Payton, and I think we can all agree George Payton is an asset. I agree, given how he's regarded around the league but i I would okay who would you rather have a great gm or trevor lawrence with that great gm could i potentially have aaron Rodgers? you don't have them though so but you have to make a decision on a job yeah so you have to make a decision today do you want to hope aaron Rodgers comes here and you get to work with george payton who you like a lot or you know you're getting trevor lawrence right off the hop but you're get you're working with a general manager who has succeeded in running teams into the ground Fair, but you okay. also have, but you also have, and you know what? If Trent Balky isn't very good this year, it's going to be Trent bye bye Balky. Yeah, 
and that's well and good. But then you have a new general manager coming in, and maybe that you don't get along with that general manager as well. Unless the Jaguars do, I think Hackett unless gets the Jaguars do it the way uh, the, the way the Broncos do it, and, it would, and they'd have their coach involved in a general manager search. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you what I I'll, I don't know, but I'll make the assumption: if you can get along with Doug Marone, you can get along with just about anybody. And Hackett was his offensive coordinator mm-hmm. twice, so he can get along with pretty much anybody. Actually, uh, if we count the time at Syracuse, three times. Okay. Yeah. So he worked with that guy three times. I'm sure he could tolerate Balky for maybe, I don't know, a season or two. Do you think Hackett will bring Marone in in some capacity? No. And you know why? Because we'll talk about it next. And that's what I was worried about more so than anything with the hire of Hackett. I thought we were going to get Doug Marone all over again and Mike Pettin and Gus Bradley and that whole group. But I don't think we are. I think we're going to get some fresh faces, and we'll talk about who they are going to be potentially next. To you, I'm much obliged. It's such a pleasant stay. But now it's time for me. She's a good girl, loves her mama. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And it's a long Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. The Broncos have made it official. They just released the press release that the Broncos have agreed to terms with Nathaniel Hackett. And the press conference tomorrow is at 3 p.m. One hour before our show. Wow. Wild. Wild. Yeah. It's done. I'm going to have to reschedule my pre-senior bowl COVID test. There you go. All <laughs> right. In the meantime, uh, you need to come join Andrew and I on Friday, February 25th at Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood as we are going to raise money for charity. We're going to be guest bartenders from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock at night. We're going to help our fellow host here at the station, David Hurlbutt, and his wife beat breast cancer. Greenfield's is donating 25% of their sales to help David and his beautiful wife, Monet. Also, part of the night, there is no cover to see one of the best cover bands in Denver. The band is finalized. Mark it down. Mason and I, we're going to be slinging drinks on Friday, February 25th at Greenfields to beat breast cancer. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. Okay, let's talk about who possibly could be joining Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Reports are that uh, one guy who's going to be interviewed for the defensive coordinator position is, uh, oh gosh, Elroy. Ejiro Ivero. Exactly. Yes. Well, anybody who has the first initial E in their name, I like already. Born in Colchester, England, and uh, the connection with... Are um, they going to be able to understand him? Oh, God. 
he grew up in the states. Okay, I mean he 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 grew up in the U.S. He was born in England. He is family immigrated early in in his life. But the connection there is that uh, like Nathaniel Hackett, he was he's a product of the University of California at Davis. Right. So the, the two of them go back. About 20 years. They were teammates. Yes. And they also worked on the Buccaneers staff in 2007. Mm -hmm. For offensive coordinator, the Broncos are going to request a guy from where Hackett just came from, the Packers organization, offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Adam Stenovich. So let's start with Evero. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts? How much do you know about him? I mean, the the interesting thing about... uh... Evero is, of course, he's been with the Rams the last five seasons. He so this means he's that, off the McVay tree. No, all right. Well, defensively, I'm kidding. He I'm kidding. that means he worked three years under Wade Phillips, right? And so I expect you would see some of the concepts that Wade brought. Now it's it's not that 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 means sticking in a three four and. I believe the Bron- one of the things that the Broncos wanted to do, and preferably in this search, was still was have some degree of continuity in terms of what they do defensively, at least in the base alignment. Three four, you know, they're both three four schemes. But if you're doing a lot of the Wade Phillips concepts, that means more man coverage than zone coverage. And Pat Sertan, I think he'll be fine in man. Right. Justin Simmons, we know he can do well. He, we we know he's got a background in that kind of defense because the Broncos uh, kept doing that under Joe Woods in 2017 and 2018. By and large, I think the Broncos have the personnel to to have a lot of Wade Phillips elements in their defense, so that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I have no problems, by the way, as your offensive coordinator taking somebody from the Packers. Right. Somebody who worked under LaFleur. Yes. Somebody who worked under Hackett. Clearly, Hackett knows both of these guys, Evero mm-hmm. and and Stenovich, very very well. So that mm-hmm. you know, that's good for him, mm-hmm. where he already has a long standing working relationship. Right. And um, the the Packers, by and large, had a very good offensive line this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also had a lot of injuries, and they still protected pretty well when they had to shuffle guys around. Right. And I'd say their run game was pretty good. Too. The interesting thing here is if you bring him in as offensive coordinator with a line background, does that mean you're le- you're right. saying goodbye to Mike Munchak? You might be, yeah. but then again, you might not be. Yeah, because remember, those are two totally different positions. Why, w- if you are Stenovich, why in the world would you not want Mike Munchak? I agree, and I think Munchak could be an invaluable resource to Stenovich stepping up into in a larger role. The other interesting thing is this: he doesn't just coach the Packers' own line; he's their run game coordinator. So effectively. You're probably you're going to have Nathaniel Hackett as the OC, focusing more on the passing game as as the pat as the play caller, and Stenovich probably focusing more on the ground game. And we do know this about Nathaniel Hackett: if the strength of the offense is at running back, he's not afraid to ride that running back. Well, big the huge reason why he had a top ten offense in Jacksonville only one time. Yeah, but that was the only full season he had for all. No, I'm talking games. about overall. Yeah, he he's only had a top ten offense one time in his career. Now, in all without, fairness, without Aaron Rodgers, right? Because he had top ten offenses. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah. Now, in all fairness, he had Kyle Orton as his quarterback in Buffalo, and they had Blake, and had Blake Bortles. Bortles in in Jacksonville. But what was the equation that worked for maximizing Blake Bortles and having a good offense? Despite Leonard Fournette. Bortles? Leonard Fournette, and so that's why you walk in here if you're if you're. If you're Stenovich and Hackett, you're pretty excited seeing Javante Williams and maybe you even bring Melvin Gordon back. Okay. I want to get to Aaron Rodgers now. And 
I've been watching all the national shows today, and I keep hearing the same thing over and over again. Why in the world would Rodgers want to come here? Same division. You have Mahomes and Herbert. Mm-hmm. Plus, same conference. You have Allen, Burrow, and Jackson. Why make the road for yourself any harder? I agree with that assessment. But with the way Rodgers is, from everything I have heard about him, and from the way that he ticks, Mm -hmm. I think he'd be smart to come to Denver. Smart to come here. Mm -hmm. And here's the reason why. For starters, I don't believe he believes anybody in the league is better than a mid-quarterback anyway. There's not much reason to believe that when he's about to be MVP for the second straight year. Correct. Correct. But here's something else. Aaron Rodgers wants another Super Bowl, and you can make the case it's an easier path through the NFC, although it hasn't been so easy over the last 10 years for him, Mm -hmm. even when he's had home field advantage. He will have far more weapons here on offense than he has in Green Bay, Mm -hmm. especially if Devontae Adams winds up coming here as well. But this is why I think Aaron Rodgers should come here. And if I just sell him on coming here, this is what I would say. You want to be known as the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Well, that's not possible, Aaron. I got news for you. Tom Brady will always be at the top of the list until somebody supplants him. And the only guy I can think of right now would be Mahomes, maybe Josh Allen. Who's number two on the list? I think a lot of people might argue Peyton Manning. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Who's number three? Montana? Maybe. Maybe Montana. I mean, you can't say Marino because he didn't actually win it all. Uh, With all respect to John Elway, you're not saying Elway. I mean, you're talking about Montana, maybe Unitas, maybe Otto Graham. Also, okay. So you have your greatest of all right. time, which is Brady. Yeah. Then you have, in theory, your second tier, which includes Manning, but it's a very small list. Mm-hmm. It's Manning, I believe, Montana, and possibly Rodgers. And this is how Rodgers gets there. He wins a Super Bowl here, blazing through the AFC at his age, playing Mahomes in the playoffs. Allen in the playoffs. He beats those guys when everybody thought it couldn't be done, wins a second Super Bowl. You can make the case he's number three on the list. Yeah. He does it with Green Bay. That's great. And he, he has a potential to be number three, but he does it in this conference, in this division, with all the young guns out there. I think that adds extra credibility to his resume. And he wants it. He doesn't, he's not going to shirk at the competition in the division. Like, he, he thinks he's better than Patrick Mahomes. He thinks he's better than Justin Herbert. He thinks he's better than everybody right, in the league. Exactly. Right. And you kind of, you, you admire, you admire that. Now, I think the other th- the thing that, that will come into play is, I mean, you would have, arguably the greatest collection of quarterbacks in a division at any one point in NFL history. No question. I mean, I think that, I think you'd be maybe retiring the trophy if you had uh, Derek Carr, who, by the way, is probably a top 10, a low end top 10 quarterback. He'd be the fourth best in the division. Let me ask I mean, you talk about a murderer's row of quarterbacks. If you get Rogers in here, let me ask you if you go Brady Manning, Let's say Rodgers won a Super Bowl next year with the Packers. Okay. With mm-hmm. their with their roster intact. Yeah. Okay. I'm not taking away Devontae Adams or Bakhtiari or anybody else. Yeah. 
do you instantly put him number three on the list? No questions asked. He's number three. Yeah. It, no no questions asked. Yeah. He is absolutely number three on your yeah. list. Yes. Okay. Do you have a stronger conviction on it if he plows through the AFC with the Broncos and then wins, wins one? Um, I think... Can you sell your uh, argument better? I think you can sell it a little better, but I don't think... It, I, I, I think it, the argument's the same. I don't think it makes mm. a difference or not. Because ultimately, you have to, if you get to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to negotiate one of those quarterbacks anyway. No, because that's the NFC. No, no, I'm talking about... Well, let, it, let me rephrase... He's got to win the Super Bowl to have that conversation. I that. That's what, what, what I mean. What I'm saying is... How do I, how do I put this? Um, here. I'll liken it to the 1980s with John Elway. Mm-hmm. And I know Broncos fans are not going to want to hear this. For John Elway to make it to three Super Bowls in the 80s, I'm sorry. I don't want to say it wasn't difficult, because it was. Mm-hmm. But in the NFC playoffs... He didn't have to face the Giants' defense, the Bears' defense, the Redskins' offense and defense, and Joe Montana. The Broncos never would have gotten to a Super Bowl if they were in the NFC. Right, and we, and we saw when they got to the Super Bowl, they got crushed. Okay. So, and that's why I, and that's what, one reason why I would say it's about winning the Super Bowl, not just getting there. I understand that. So if he wins it, having so if John Elway with the Broncos made it to three Super Bowls, Mm-hmm. Playing in the NFC, that would have been more impressive to me. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's why I believe it would be more impressive to sell the argument that Rodgers is number two or number three behind Brady by getting through the AFC playoffs mm-hmm. with Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and Jackson because he's going to have to play two or three games. Yeah. And he's probably going to play two of those quarterbacks, and then you have to beat the NFC winner. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is more impressive than getting there through the NFC and then having one game to win. I, I, Nick I, Foles did that. Yeah, but I think, ultimately, because of the body of work on Rodgers, you'd view it a lot differently than just if Nick Foles accomplished it. I understand yeah. that, but at the end of the day, it's a harder road to even get to the Super Bowl through the AFC. That's the accomplishment. People would say about Aaron Rodgers, man, the guy can't even get out of the first round in the in the NFC. Yeah. Look, look what he's done since he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, he gets to conference championship games but still can't get to the Super Bowl, right? Right. So what if he does it in the AFC? Wow. That's quite an accomplishment, don't you think? That's why you give it a little bit more gas. That's why your foot is a little bit more on the pedal by pushing him up the list. If he could beat in consecutive playoff games, Mahomes and Allen. You just do. So that would be my selling point to Aaron Rodgers. You want to be the best? Now you have to beat the best just to get to the big game. And my guess is that there there might that might be possible that you have to negotiate through two of them. But as we saw this past year, you had the Tennessee Titans that got a number one seed. So there's yeah. a better than even money shot that maybe your path involves getting past no offense to maybe no offense to Derek Carr, no right. offense to Ryan Tannehill, but that you maybe only have to do that once before you get to the Super Bowl. I got news for you. I don't think the Bengals win if uh Derrick Henry is hundred percent healthy. Yeah. They, they don't. And I have to beat Derrick Henry's running back. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So, yes, you're going to at least get one guy. Chances are you're going to get two. And, oh, by the way, winning the division, you're going to have a tough time doing that anyway I mean, that's if the, you're the Broncos. That's kind of the real accomplishment, I think, is winning the division to begin with. Of course, you know, we saw back in uh, back last year, the Bucks didn't win the division. But then they, but Tom Brady and that team was rolling, and then they went on the road, obviously helped by not having fans in the stands or having very few stand, fans in the stands, and, and went one, two, three on the road to get back home for the Super Bowl. Well, then I guess, yeah. by the way, yeah. I guess, by the way, then for Patrick Mahomes, it's really impressive if they win a Super Bowl. Yeah. He had to get through Allen, mm-hmm. and he had to get through Burrow. And we don't know who's going to be awaiting him in the Super Bowl if, indeed, the Chiefs win. The thing the thing about the AFC West is because of those teams all being bunched together, most and those quarterbacks, there's going to be an excellent quarterback who's not going to make the playoffs a lot of years. Right. So if, right, and I would say right now the Chargers might be the team that has to get if the Broncos get Rodgers, the Chargers are going to be the team that may have to get used to going nine and eight and being on the outside and looking in because, as an organization, they do still find a way to charger things up. We have spent the last hour and a half talking about Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. For those listening and watching, please don't be disappointed that we're switching this up just a wee bit. Because one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time retired today. Hmm. Where is he on the list of greatest quarterbacks of all time? Because you can make a strong argument. He'd be much higher than most people at first glance would think. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now. For what's trending. What's trending is presented by Colorado Off Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off Road or go to cooffroad.com. Well, all of us knew it was coming. It's official today. Ben Roethlisberger has announced his retirement. Um, I don't think we need to go down the road of off the field that has been talked about many times, rightfully so. Uh, that happened about, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, 15 to 17 years ago. He's married now, has a family, so on and so forth. Doesn't excuse for what he was accused of, but let's talk about him as a player. How will he be re- best remembered? He'll be best remembered as a quarterback who, unlike uh, some of the others of his time, was kind of a throwback. Somebody who kind of who wasn't particularly mobile, pushed the ball downfield, uh, relied on feel for the pass rush and uh, kind of guts and and guile a little bit more than say Tom Brady and uh, and Aaron Rodgers in particular. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of remember him as a as a throwback type of quarterback who found who found a lot of success in the modern era and was really important in. Uh, in getting the Steelers to three Super Bowls, winning two of them. 
you know, you look at his draft class in 2004, right? And you have Eli Manning and Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. I believe, sorry, Manning fans, Roethlisberger is the best of the bunch. Yeah. By far, actually. I know that Manning won two Super Bowls. Roethlisberger is so much better than people even realize, especially when you just look at the numbers. Right. For starters, if you want, you can base metrics. Metrics aren't always the best way to look at a quarterback. You have to look at their body of work. Now, mm-hmm. you could also make an argument that he always had really talented wide receivers. Antonio Brown, like him or not, he was pretty good when he was mm-hmm. there. Juju Schuster. Smith Schuster. Sh- Smith Schuster. But certainly he helped make them good. Heinz Ward. Yeah. Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Always pretty good offensive lines. All of those things. But one thing that we like to look at when it comes to John Elway, comebacks, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we say. But that's what we say about Joe Montana. And that's what we say about John Elway. We don't want to look at the numbers necessarily, touchdown interception ratio. How many times did Roethlisberger, how many times did Elway have a comeback, right? Yeah. Do you know that since he was drafted, Roethlisberger has the most comebacks of any quarterback in the NFL? Right. And he's actually, uh, in terms of fourth quarter comebacks, he's third all time. Right. The only two with more, by the way, are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Right. And I don't think people necessarily realize that. Here's Mm -hmm. something else. And I looked this up and I was stunned. Mm-hmm. By the way, you know who's fifth on that list? Who? Matthew Stafford. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, because uh, he was always the playing from behind. The Lions were so bad. He was right, always, he's always playing from behind. Yeah. But, uh, when, I, when I looked at the list and I saw Stafford, that honestly made me think of Stafford in a little bit different light. Well, here's the thing. When you win five games a year and all five are comebacks, I mean, eventually yeah. that's going to add up. Yeah. With that, yeah. people talk about quarterback rating a lot. Mm-hmm. Q- QBR is an ESPN term yes they made it up but it is far more detailed mm-hmm. i don't think any reasonable person would argue that and you can always take stats and argue the other way mm-hmm. qbr i think is a more accurate assessment of a quarterback because it takes too many things into account or far more i should say and it, it takes into account for example what they do with their legs as well yeah with that over the course of his career over the course of his career how how many times do you believe Aaron Rodgers had a QBR over 67? For and his, that's high. Yes. How many times in his career? Five. Nine. Nine, okay. Pretty impressive, right? Yes. Ben Roethlisberger, nine. Mm-hmm. Nine times he's done it. Over more seasons. So he had he had a couple more years yep. involved with that. Because- How about Tom Brady? Uh, I'm going to say eight. Eleven. Okay. And Tom Brady's had more seasons. Yeah. So my point is he is in that category. You know, there are certain things in sports where we come up with a phrase and we tie it to a player. Mm-hmm. Point forward. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Stretch forward. Dirk Nowitzki. I know that Ben Roethlisberger was not the first one to be mobile as a quarterback in NFL history. Certainly there are plenty of examples before him, John Elway coming to mind. But when you use the term extending plays, I believe that term wasn't invented, but it was meant for Ben Roethlisberger. Not mobile, not a mobile guy, but he always found a way to slide enough in the pocket to give himself an extra second. Elway could get away from trouble. I know he extended plays. Don't get me wrong. But for Roethlisberger, 
He just had a sidestep to the pocket here, sidestep to the pocket there. He did it without being mobile. He did that in the way that Dan Marino did because no one ever would ever regard Dan Marino as an elusive quarterback. Roethlisberger was better. He had that same gift as Marino to buy time with the sidestep, the step up, the step back, uh, give give his late opening receivers a chance. And and so many of Pittsburgh's biggest plays over the last 17 years came as a result of Roethlisberger buying time. And then to top it all off, not when you did get to him, it often took more than one guy to bring him down. He was impossible to bring down. You could, if you had, you'd right. have a pass rusher d- dangling from him, basically, and he could still make the throw. Right, and that's why you look at Roethlisberger, and very much, you know, he's he's a guy who got whose pants got dirty, game in and game out, and that's right. and that's part of why I think he was such a good fit in Pittsburgh, and he was very in in some ways very much a throwback type of quarterback. It's funny. When the Broncos played the Steelers in the AFC championship game, Mm -hmm. everybody thought in that game, and rightfully so, and rightfully so, Mm -hmm. it was all about Jerome Bettis and the way the Steelers ran the ball. Now, granted, the Broncos did not do themselves any favor by turning the ball over four times, right? Yeah. And when you look at Ben Roethlisberger's stats, you can make the case that season they won in spite of him. Completed less than 63% of his passes. Right. 2,300 yards. Now, granted, he played in only 12 games. 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. All right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that people looked at that second-year quarterback and said, this guy is not going to beat us. Right? Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? You and I were both at that game. Ben Roethlisberger is the guy mm-hmm. that beat the Broncos that day. And, the, and nobody yeah. and everybody thought it was going to be Bettis, who right. ran for 39 yards at 2.6 yards a carry. It was Roethlisberger who torched the Broncos secondary at nearly 10 yards a pass. And the funny thing is, two weeks later in the Super Bowl, he followed that day with one of the worst days of his career. Yep. The Steelers won the Super Bowl. Roethlisberger had the second lowest passer rating of his career in that Super Bowl against the Seahawks. But he made up for but he, it. But he, but he made up for it on the ground. He had a touchdown run in but, that game. But you know where else he made up for it? In his other Super Bowl appearance against the Cardinals. When he was MVP. In which he threw one of the greatest passes in Super Bowl history. And you know what? That's not even giving it enough of a compliment. In one of the greatest passes in NFL playoff history. To win the game, not only the not only the timing of that pass, but how great that pass was, and how great the catch was. You know, why doesn't that play get talked about with the same reverence as the catch in San Francisco? Because you could actually argue that play was more difficult. I'll tell you why. Because it was at a time in the NFL where the Cowboys were the big bad bullies yeah. of the NFC. And the San Francisco Giants were the young Giants. ups. The the sorry, the 49ers <laughs> were the young upstarts. And it was that catch that started the Niners run with Joe Montana. I mean, That's I get why. I get that, but it's That's interesting why. how a Super Bowl deciding play like that I understand. doesn't have the same as Vic Fangio might say oomph. 
because Historical. again, oh, the, I I hear you. I heard you the first it started time. Started a dynasty, right? That's why. But one, but one was in the Super Bowl. I get it to win the Super Bowl, one of the most dramatic Super Bowls ever played, and one was in the conference championship game. And I think it should be talked about. You know what? In the, the same breath you know as what? the catch. The, to, to, that, that's not even the most dramatic catch in, in Super Bowl history. Anyway, you're gonna go with uh, uh, David Tyree. You better believe it. And it wasn't even a touchdown. No. Wasn't even a touchdown. And oh, by the way, you know what everybody forgets about the David Tyree catch? They caught it with his helmet. The David Tyree catch wasn't as impressive as Eli Manning getting away from trouble. Go look at that play. Oh, I, I've, I've seen been, it many times. Manning should have been sacked three times on that play. It was an unbelievable catch. I'm not. I'm not discounting. Clearly, the catch was better. Manning was far from mobile. The way he escaped that pressure. What down was it again? Uh, was it like second or third down? Manning made one of the most magical plays you will ever see considering his lack of mobility. And then the catch was the catch. That's the most memorable catch. No? I'd say they're all memorable. I, yeah. mean, I just I just think it's interesting that literally a game-winning catch in a dramatic Super Bowl late in the final moments that was an amazing catch and an right. amazing throw is a little bit forgotten, at least outside of Pittsburgh. And outside of Arizona. They they remember in Arizona for the wrong reasons. Well, then you know what? Actually, that's not the most memorable catch. I was wrong. It's not Tyree. You know what it is? What? Franco Harris and the immaculate reception. That's the greatest catch of all time. Some will say he didn't actually catch it. Well, the bottom line is it counted. <laughs> what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The guy who made a lot of memorable catches this year, likely offensive rookie of the year, still draws motivation from something that was told to him back when he was coming out of high school. We'll tell you who that is on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, Jamar Chase told the media this week that Les Miles told him coming out of high school he couldn't play receiver, and he wanted him to be a cornerback. Now, likely the offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase was second in the league in yards per catch, third in touchdowns receiving, and fourth in receiving yards. So obviously he... uh, Used that for motivation, and he proved that he is a great wide receiver. Did anyone in your past doubting your abilities or your potential ever serve as motivation uh, in a story that you feel comfortable sharing on air? Well, I'll start with this. Uh, CU told Christian McCaffrey he should play defensive back. 
So they were clearly wrong on that. Yeah. I have a story, but you go first. I, I have a very quick story. Um, I had a, at a former workplace, I had a, a supervisor tell me that uh, he didn't think I had what it took to uh, be on the beat covering an NFL team, and I should focus on being working on the desk. And look at you now. Yeah. So, when screw I, him. When I was in <laughs> high school, we had a television station, and um, a, re- a legitimate television station. And I was a senior, and the final project was everybody has to do a show, and everybody in the class could pick their own host, mm-hmm. and I was the only guy who was not picked. And I thought to myself, one day all of you are going to be watching me on television, while all of you are not. And I said, nice. okay, I guess we'll see, won't we? Yep. And I had a wonderful 20-year television career, and now you're stuck with me. Sorry. Stop it. You, Joe- Danny? No, everyone's always been very supportive of me my whole life and never told me that I couldn't accomplish my dreams. I think that's why my generation is so soft because we were coddled our whole lives. Well, you don't know what Dan- you don't know what uh, Andrew says behind your back. That's very true. I don't know what you guys say in the breaks. Not me, him. It did seem like you were pointing at me an awful lot when you said that other producer, not the one you would you would like to have, but the producer who you think could get you the other host when you were talking about that it seemed like you were pointing at me a lot but well no well, I'm think, trying well, not th- to think about this you and I've been together longer than than me and Mace it's true right so yeah. I want you here clearly he wants you over that wall Danny he needs you over that wall right it's good to feel uh, wanted and appreciated <laughs> you just know, in, know just in case you missed it Grayson Allen was suspended by the NBA this week. Just one game for a flagrant foul that resulted in an ejection for Allen and a broken wrist requiring surgery for the Bulls' Alex Caruso. The Milwaukee Bucks afterward issued a statement that they disagreed with the suspension and they support Grayson Allen and look forward to his return to the team. Uh, A lot of people are unhappy with the defending champs kind of going to bat for Grayson Allen, especially because he's seen around the league as somewhat of a dirty player. Do you think that the Bucks should have just kind of let him take the punishment on this one and kept their mouths shut? I get why they're doing it, because he's one of their players and they want to stand up for their own. But this guy is a borderline sociopath. He did this sort of thing when he was at Duke. It hasn't changed since he got he got to the NBA. He's just... He's just a problem child of a player. Don't you think sociopath is a little strong? Yes, I do. You want to you want to rephrase that because I can think of mass murderers who are sociopaths. Okay. You you, you want to say are you really putting him in that category? He's a sociopath in a basketball sense. How about that? But go ahead. Yeah, Danny. Uh, just in case you missed it. Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Keith Yondel set the NHL record for consecutive games played at 965. I was curious if either of you knew who had played the most consecutive NHL games for the Avalanche. Wow. I'm guessing you know. I looked it up. I was trying to look it up for all four of the major teams here in Denver. I... I only was able to find it for the abs and the I'm going ma- to take a total stab. You want to go first? You go first. I, I was going to guess Joe Sackett. I'll guess Milan Hayduk. It's Dale Hunter. Oh, with, is that right? With 312. Dale Hunter. Consecutive games played. That's it. Wow. 
Yeah. Huh, interesting. I mean, All that's right. nearly four I would imagine seasons. hockey, uh, yeah, hockey is probably one of the hardest. Yeah. And then do either of you have a guess for the uh, Denver Nuggets? Most consecutive games played. We, is it all, an old school guy or a, a recent one? It's old school. Uh, I'm just toss out. I don't know. Uh, God. Bobby Jones. I'll go Fat Lever. Alex English. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. How about that? At 568. Amazing grace. All right, that's going to do it for us. Alex, fantastic job today as always. Same with you, Danny Mace. we got a big press conference tomorrow. You'll be there? We'll see. Depends how, how many uh, they let in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally don't know if I'll be there or not. Well, I would, lo- I would love to have you here. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. Make it the best possible night you can. 